Expectations are tricky things, and we deal with them every day in the systems we create. Community expectations, religious expectations, and expectations with friends and acquaintances. In a relationship with your spouse, expectations help to reinforce the system your household relies on to conduct its business. You expect that the bills will be paid. You expect that the dog will be walked, and so on. But as a lot of parents know, when you place those same expectations on children who don't have a say in how the system runs, it can lead to problems. So think about those community expectations, religious expectations, and the systems they create. Who had a seat at the table in creating those expectations? And as a result, what consequences do we now live with? Today, we're having a conversation with Simon Gettle about how personal, familial, and societal expectations intersect, and how those expectations can contribute to resentment in some cases and to success in others. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bottomless Coffee. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about societal expectation, which I think is really um, fun for me in a couple of different ways. So the podcast for people who are interested is doing well. And along with that come certain expectations from our Patreon community members, from our audience members, and from people out of nowhere who have their thoughts and want to share. And... Um, one thing that's important to me and that was important when I really when I started out is that I did not place expectations on uh, what we were doing. I wanted to just uplift the people that we were bringing on as guests and to make sure that people who were leaving the episodes felt empowered and inspired to make a positive change in their like immediate influence, right? So, um, we're not we're not syndicating right now. We're not uh, as I conversed with my guests earlier. We're not in front of a live audience yet, um, but we're open to all of these different possibilities because we are allowing ourselves to be open to the many possibilities. Now, the flip side of that is expectation. Could be expectations of success, expectations in terms of your profession, who knows? Um, And I think this is an area where a lot of people can relate to having uh, been expected to do something with themselves and their lives, and it can create a real tension and can have a profound impact um, on your life. And so our guest today is Simon. Oh my gosh, Simon, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> uh, it's Gettle. So think like Kettle, the common household item. Yes. That with a G or something, you know. Simon Gettle is here and we are going to talk about societal expectation. Now, um, if you really want to get in and hear more of Simon... Uh, you should check out uh, a podcast that I love. It's called Bop or Flop Podcast. It's at Bop or Flop Podcast on Instagram. And uh, I'm on episode seven. Check that one out. The expectation yes, <laughs> is that you will love episode seven. Um, hey, Simon, how are you? 
I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, you chose the topic of societal expectation. And uh, I'm interested. What, what brought this to your mind? Was it something in that particular moment that came up to you or... Well, yeah, I just, I think it's a really interesting topic because it's something that will be placed on you, Mm -hmm. whether you are aware of it or not, from probably the time you're born till the time you die. Yeah. And I thought it would be a really interesting topic to examine not only like general societal expectations, but how I, you, other people, um, what our relationship to them is and does that change for me as someone who identifies as gay like how does that shape Mm -hmm. you know a general societal expectation how does that like change or modify based on how I identify that kind of thing so uh, I will admit that the topic forced me into a period of introspection when (laughs) I thought okay well um, what expectations did I realize had been placed on me and during what part of my life were certain expectations there and how did they bring me to where I am today, right? And so from my uh, earliest memories of expectation, um, I, I think this is probably common, um, that came from my parents, I think, uh, at least like in an articulated sense, you know, it was, 100%. yeah, you're going to grow up, um, you're going to go to college at 18, mm-hmm. you will not be living in this house, and then you will have found your own way in the world, um, which compared to some people's stories might not be that bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right. 100%. Yeah. Did you, um, did you have like parental expectations put on you? Definitely. Um, The earliest that I can remember started with religious, um, religious related Mm. expectations set by my parents and then for sure academic. So those two. So what's your hand in hand? What's your religion or what was it was or is? was uh, I did grow up Catholic and I think you could really unpack an entire episode just around what it means to be Catholic and Mm -hmm. it's it's a very uh, image-based culture I would Hmm. say and so we were at church every week every weekend and for some Catholic people mass yes thank you thank you and there's Catholicism, yes, is the one where there's a lot of sitting into and standing, standing into and wine <laughs> and wine, not good wine, but it's there. <laughs> um, so it, there was just, uh, you know, we're going to be at mass every weekend. I remember like walking into church every Sunday and like we'd be walking closer and closer to the front and we were a large Catholic family. Mm. I'm the youngest child of five kids. I have four older sisters. So a lot of it, both as I was growing up and looking back on it now felt so not performative because I know my parents are very, very devout in their beliefs and 
genuine, I think. Mm -hmm. But I think so much of it, maybe they don't even realize, is there is a lot of expectation placed on how you are perceived in that culture, I think. So, so yeah. um, I, I do want, because my, my husband, you know, is Catholic, which is, is. I a love that. statement that you probably mm-hmm. would not have heard coming out of the mouth of a man uh, like 20 years ago, right? Right. From 20 right. years ago to the beginning of Catholicism, you would not have heard that statement. And right. I think you really are onto something when you articulate that intersection of sexuality and religion and expectation. Yes. Um, particularly recently, I, want, I, I feel as though that expectation is what led some religions to kind of grow and change and evolve because uh, society at that point expected religion to not be so confining and restrictive on people who are trying to live and love who they want. Um, And so I think uh, we probably, we probably could do a whole podcast on that. You probably could. Yep. Yep. Um, So you, so with your family, you think it was primarily um, religion where it's where the expectation was. Definitely the earliest, I would say just as strong as the religious aspect was, uh, there was definitely academic expectations in my Mm. family. It was very similar, it sounds like to you, where you're going to go to school, you're going to do very well in your classes, and you're going to go to college, and then go from there. Um, Yeah. Do you feel like you lived up to those expectations, or where did did the tension come for you Um, after you had already lived up to those particular academic expectations or before? I would say, like, looking at where I'm at now, yes, I succeeded. I I mean, I have a stable job. I'm happy with where I'm at. But it was such a fraught and, like, traumatic experience along the way to get there because I think inherently I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So I already have a lot of criticism that comes from myself to do well and to perform at a high level. Mm. And then you have that outside influence of you're the youngest of four, you know, you have four older sisters who, in my opinion, are very successful in their own way. Mm -hmm. And then you have your parents saying, well, you're just, you're going to get good grades. Period. That's just how it is because that's how we do things. And so those layers of expectation really, really, I just felt that all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a Catholic thing or like a German thing, because I'm like primarily of like German Czech background. Okay. But the idea of uh, um, self-compassion wasn't something that we actively talked about. Um, yeah. It just wasn't a thing. I didn't learn about that as a concept until I was probably 24 or 25 years old. And it like blew my mind that you're supposed to be kind to yourself. (laughs) Um, Surprise. Exactly. And so I think just all of those things combined to for someone who's growing up in the U.S. school system, it really just makes a lot of your issues seem huge like Mm. life-changing and it just really doesn't need to be that way (laughs) 
I agree with you. Um, and as I'm as you're speaking, I'm kind of imagining this model where um, maybe we don't let kids tell us, you know, necessarily what they want to do with their whole lives from the age of five on, but we at least give people the room to breathe and explore and we don't set these finite um constraints on them or impose these harsh really frankly traumatic penalties on them um yeah so by way of example uh, at the intersection of religion sexuality and expectation i lived uh, in atlanta for a long time and i had this really fun house um where people were uh i don't know welcome to come and go and stay or what have you but on occasion there would be people who were forced forced out of their home and this is common in the gay community um kicked out of their home for one reason or another uh and in one particular case um there was uh, an element of mormonism involved Uh, And I don't remember if they were excommunicated from the church or what have you. But it was just like, why would you stick with an organization that would so emotionally separate you, emotionally and physically separate you from your son because of the way your son wants to live his life? Yeah. Um, And so those expectations can be really horrible for individuals for family and for the society that's imposing those expectations and that is a really interesting point because i i do think um not only just religious but just when you when you form so much of your identity around one thing like Mm -hmm. in this case uh, mormonism Mm -hmm. it becomes very challenging to objectively look outside of yourself when you're Uh, faced with a situation like I'm a Mormon parent and my son or daughter is telling me like I'm gay and I don't know how to reconcile this with my 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 uh, my religious uh, ideals and all of that Um, yeah I I personally can't even like imagine the mental gymnastics you'd have Mm -hmm. to do to to validate both in your mind which is probably why religion hasn't played a large role in my adult life um but yeah that is a very interesting topic well let me ask you um Mm -hmm. getting back to your personal journey sure excuse me your personal journey and expectations when did you become cognizant of the expectations that were put on you and did you like immediately kind of rebuke those expectations and go your own way or was it more of a yeah. process um i so i'm not like a super confrontational person by mm. nature i'm super observant and for better or for worse i think i'm just a little more aware than your average human being yeah which can be really great and sometimes it's just like a little too much emotionally okay so i think i noticed very early on just expectation in general and instead of having making that have us me take a strong stance of like i'm gonna go with this or i'm not um i just kind of let it happen to me and i let it i just wanted to observe and better understand how that made me feel Hmm. 
and so it really wasn't like when you when you talk about like the academic of it all the academic expectations mixed with the religious expectations for me it really came to a head when i was in high school and i just spent so long observing and internalizing mm-hmm. to where i just got to a point where i couldn't handle it and i had like a mental break and, oh okay yeah and so i i went through a whole journey in terms of like major depression and anxiety that i think m- majorly in part were linked to my relationship to these expectations so recently and as of this conversation you wouldn't have even had the opportunity to hear it yet but we had a conversation with someone about resilience and um, at those young ages, uh, from you know, from our conversation as two people on a podcast, right? Um, yep. We observed that in those early stages, resilience just looks like survival, like just hundred percent, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like literally, you said that word, and it instantly put me back in that spot of just like I just need to survive this. Yes, and that was it. Yep. Yeah. Um, but at when you start gaining a measure of independence, because again, at around high, the high school level, society kind of expects you to be a little bit more independent, um, things can go in different ways. And right. so it sounds like for you, something, I don't know if tra- trauma is the right word, but mm-hmm. something sent you into a place of depression where you weren't able to, th- you weren't able to thrive in that moment um so what was like how how did you get through it you know yeah well i think just for some contextual background again with i don't know if it is a catholicism thing or just a my family thing but we didn't talk about mental illness Mm. at all oh again black black people don't talk about mental illness either yeah black people too black people too like great what a fun thing to have in common like (laughs) but that was totally i just thought because now looking back, I can remember vividly times in my life where I was just so sad and I had no mm. idea why that was. And so to have to have someone like later on tell me what that was, it was just like such a relief to understand that, oh, yeah. this isn't something that everyone goes through on a day-to-day basis. But um, I think I forgot the question. So we were ta- we were, um, you were taking us through... Uh, your, how you got through the depression, yes. not necessarily like dwelling sure. in the depths of it, but at some point you came at least out of it a little bit um, sure. and found a way uh, through resilience to, to go on. Yeah, so like when I, when I hit that point, I knew that I wasn't in a place to do it myself. So I had taken um, like a, we'll just say a screed of like negative thoughts and emotions I had Mm -hmm. written about myself in a journal and I had taken it directly to my school nurse just because like while my thought process was all over the place and I had real no idea what was happening just at a neurological level I knew that I couldn't do it yeah I couldn't I couldn't go through it on my own so I just was like okay I need to bring in a professional you sought help Yes, yeah. I I just knew, like, 
it was necessary if I wanted to continue on. Yeah. So from there, I think just like generally speaking, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about what my relationship with expectation was doing to me. Mm-hmm. I I learned more about just like, I guess life in general is kind of a question of how do you find happiness and success in what is that definition even? Yeah. So I, I think from there, I just started to work on myself a lot more in terms of those questions. And I think there is a general foundation now of openness and empathy and conversation that I've adapted into my everyday. And that's really, I mean, once you're open to exploring things and talking about things, it like a lot just kind of tends to work itself out, I think. I I think you hit on something really interesting there that I don't want to gloss over. Um, it sounds as though you weren't in a headspace immediately before seeking help where you knew exactly what you were doing, but you were yeah. like, I need to take this to somebody. 100%. And yeah. if anyone is listening or watching and you are resonating with some of what Simon is describing from those darkest moments, it is really important that you seek help. Yes. And if your family, it's not who you go to, because in Simon's case, in this instinctual moment, he knew that his family was not the right place to take this journal to. Um, <laughs> find a professional, find a friend, find anybody. Um, yep. I think you'll find, like Simon was saying, that a lot of people have been through um, what he has already been through and what you might be going through now and come out of it uh as empathetic and communicative and very open to receiving and kind of listening for uh, opportunities to help. Right. Yes, oh, I think that's super important. Thanks for touching on that. Oh, it's no problem. I, uh, <laughs> I said right at the end and I was like, I hope that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a super quick coffee break and we'll be right back right. with Simon. Okay, everybody, we are back with Simon Gettle at The Realist Simon on Instagram and a co-host of Bop or Flop podcast. Once again, episode seven is the best episode. Woo! (laughs) And just a disclaimer for anyone who, like, loves the structure and the preparation that goes into this podcast. Our podcast is a little different. Sometimes... Sometimes the outline is very minimal and we encourage all sorts of nonsense. Sometimes there's a special cookie involved and you really never know where it's going to go. So if that's not your thing, maybe stick to this podcast. But there's something for everyone. But I will say it is almost distractingly funny sometimes. The, the <laughs> last one, I'm a couple of episodes behind, but you were re- at the tail end, you were reviewing... The, that music movie with Sia oh, God, and your yes. descriptions of the plot <laughs> were so great. And so, you know, a couple of weeks later, I was really surprised. Like I literally raised an eyebrow when it was nominated for a Golden Globe or something. Okay, look, the Golden Globes <laughs> are a complete joke. That shit doesn't matter. I, Kate Hudson was nominated 
Yeah. Was like best actress for that, and truly, it's one of her most unhinged, horrible performances <laughs> I've ever seen. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> golden Globes. <laughs> the Not Golden the... Globes. You know, I feel as though um, society expects more from the Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should. They really should. <laughs> so before the break, we were really talking about your past experiences with um, societal expectation. And I, let's talk about the now. Um, yeah. what, what is your relationship with those expectations? Do you... How do you manage the expectations that are put on you? Are you, like, actively screening for them at all times? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I just think across the board, I take things a lot less seriously than I Mm. used to. And that's not to say that I don't take anything seriously. But when I look back on stuff, I, I just think I, like when you really look at an issue you're having and some something that's giving you negative emotions, just think about like what what is the problem here and is it really that big of a deal and something that I want to devote this much energy to because I think past Simon would have really benefited from that advice and maybe it just had an easier time (laughs) okay you know what I mean sure yeah yeah so like a one thing in particular I think of a lot and like just because it look at the catholic structure right okay Mm -hmm. so my parents have five children yeah the goal i assume i've never had this conversation with them but i assume is that you reproduce and you have more catholic babies yes they didn't they didn't really succeed on that front and i feel bad about it like none of us are catholic sorry oh okay (laughs) but but that was something that i was definitely cognizant of at the time was like i'm expected to get married and have babies and yeah. I just got to say, like, gays aren't the only people with problems. I'm honestly very happy I'm not straight because I think that is a real societal expectation that you just get married and you have kids. And that is crazy to me. <laughs> it is. I agree. It is. I agree. Not, not everyone should be having children. Not, I don't think everyone is even going to be happy in marriage. I don't think that should be your end goal. So, like, I don't, I truly don't feel those expectations and like Mm -hmm. bless my parents. They just want me to be happy. And truly when I came out and they processed that and did whatever they needed to do, any sort of like expectation on their end, I totally felt it fly away from me Oh wow! because, because they, they just know how to process it in terms of Simon's, Simon's happy with his life and that's it. They're not like, so when are you going to get married and adopt? That's not even there. Yeah. So to think of like the reality that I would have if I were straight, I don't even want to, I don't even want to go there. I don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it was liberating for you and for your parents when you started um, like sharing your authentic self. With the people who had these expectations. A hundred percent. Like, I just feel so much lighter as a person. Yeah. And I think we should also mention that your parents had expectations put upon them as well. Yes, we should definitely acknowledge, like, we're really just working based on what we've learned in life and what our own experiences have been. So in their eyes, I'm sure that is, like, their 
the ultimate goal for them and the most like noble existence mm-hmm. that they know of. So I don't, I don't fault them at all. I think, and now we have a very good relationship that works for us based and it, it, it respects, you know, just our expectations of ourselves and our lives, I guess. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's really wonderful because yeah. if there are parents listening, you know, just try to be cognizant of the expectations that you have upon yourself that are trickling down. Um, I wonder, Simon, if you'd want to go through kind of an exercise, maybe we can kind of look at, you know, different stages of, of different constructs that might be imposing expectations on you now and whether or not you deal with them. So, um, like work, you mentioned that you uh, have a job. Um, I I think it's kind of corporate. Yes. Do you feel as though, um, what, what expectations do you feel like are being put upon you? from your job obviously they expect you to show up but (laughs) yeah base base level they expect me to show up um as a quote-unquote like senior member of the team too there are like additional responsibilities Mm. and I feel very lucky that I have a boss who very much is in tune of what my skill set is and provides me with opportunities that align with that so like I have taken up a lot of responsibilities with our team in terms of like organizing morning coffee and chat kind of things. Oh, nice. And just like, just like connecting the team during I this... love coffee and chat, Simon. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't it the best? And so like, I've just, I've been able to, you know, creatively problem solve and find ways to keep people's mental health uh, at a good place nice. during a really, really weird time where, you know, I mean, our company has been working from home since, you know, mm-hmm. last year and mm-hmm. don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, um, do, yeah. you, do you think that given your past experience with mental health that you are uh, particularly well equipped for this time when so many people are facing mental health challenges and you're in a position when you can really... Um, look for that, like via Zoom, and just make sure yeah. that everyone is okay. A hundred ten thousand percent. Yes. Wow. I think I think my experiences make me a great candidate for that. Um, and it's it's not just that. I think like on a base level, as a human being, I I don't know why, but I do feel a connection to humanity in general, mm. and I think just that base belief lends itself to being someone who gives a shit yeah, <laughs> about yeah. other people. Um, yeah, it is. It, it, that is a whole other topic of like human nature. Are people good inherently? Are they evil inherently? Yeah. Like that whole thing. Fascinating. But um, yeah. That's so yeah. funny. I don't, I so your partner on Bop or Flop podcast is Aaron yeah. Ninkema, who was our guest for episode three. Yes, and he was. Um, it was uh, an aha moment for him to realize that caring about other people is something you should do. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, just wanna, I just want to point out, I love Aaron so much. Yeah. That queen is always right in her reality, but we will always have the fact that she was a Republican. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then a libertarian. <laughs> and then a libertarian. 
just say it. Love you, girl. Love you so much. Yes. Oh, but you know what? That billionaire tears mug. <laughs> That's right. That is right. right. Yeah. And look at him now. He's mm-hmm. such an advocate. He's out there in connecting people. I mean, if I hadn't met Aaron, I wouldn't have joined this like kickball league that I did in the cities. Oh. And like, I literally owe a lot of my my relationship to the gay community and my friends to Aaron because he brought me in and connected me. So oh, that's wonderful. He is an incredibly him. inclusive person. Um, and let's, let's go there. Cause we, we talked about work and the expectations that may or may not be put on there. I actually think just as a quick aside that, um, you know, checking on people's mental health via zoom sounds more like an expectation that you put on yourself than one that yeah. came from the job, <laughs> but, but you, it's something you bring to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it it is probably something I put myself. But it's wonderful that, that as a human to be in a work setting. It, yeah. Right, as a human who has this job, this is what I'm going to do. Sure. Now, um, as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community, do you feel? expectations from the community in one way or another good or bad oh god that is such a oh my god yeah i warmed you up with the corporate one jesus where to begin i would begin with brunch i would begin with you have you have to brunch weekly or else your card is revoked Mm -hmm. um Okay, I'll just jump in on the first thing I can think of. Yeah. I think that sometimes our community puts on a performance of inclusion and being all about that, but remains very comfortable within their own bubble or their clique or whatever it may be. And and maybe maybe plays up that they're inclusive more than they actually are. So I think that is something, if you're in the gay community, to just be cognizant of. Are yeah. we really being inclusive of everyone? Or are <laughs> we just saying we are? Are we, are we posting things on social media about diversity and anti-racism? Or are we actually taking those lessons and doing something with it? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think that can also extend to, to, I think there are physical expectations in the gay community, which, Mm -hmm. oh boy. Very problematic. Very problematic. Really problematic and honestly crippling. If you feel that too, get off of Instagram. Do not hit your explore page because that, if you like, if you like one picture of a hot Instagram model, that algorithm is built to further validate that click and your explore page is just going to become hot ass people with unattainable bodies yeah don't do it don't Don't do do it it. don't fucking do it it's a lot that being said i do think there are some positive i i get into the negative very quickly it's okay i'll bring you out don't worry (laughs) i just like i feel that very heavily and i personally just like I think humans have a tendency to sit in the comfortable and I'm very aware of that and so when I feel the negative and I feel there can be improvement I just for whatever reason that sits with me a little more because I I I just don't want people to forget it well when I think about 
the gay community and our whatever our culture is and the expectations therein, I um, I do also think that we can do better. Um, as a relatively young community, um, we get to shape our values, and uh, we I'm like, why would we pick these values when we have so many that we can choose from? <laughs> yep, yep. And so I, um, I almost think that the, the kind of the, the weight of the expectations from the gay community are less, um, less oppressive and lead to less like uh, of the traumatic experience because sure. they're so unimportant and they're so like. That is, <laughs> that is such an interesting, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way. I just think mentally that's a great way to frame really anything is like, mm. is this important? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> truly. Like, is this something I need to be dedicating this much energy to? A hundred percent. Agreed. 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 Okay. And then um, we've talked, okay, so we've talked about the gay community. We've talked about corporate work. Uh, and I think we also mentioned your family in contemporary context and everything is good are we missing any uh aspects of your life your just your cat moira have expectations moira has expectations that i drop everything and play with her no matter the time or day no matter if i'm on a zoom call she doesn't know how good she has it guys she's a downtown city kitty she's got a great life now, um, so stepping away from your personal uh, expectations and your experience, mm-hmm. have you ever, like when you're with friends or, you, you know, you had older sisters, maybe if you had a younger sister, um, have you ever had conversations with someone about like kind of opening them up or making them aware of these expectations that they're kind of uh, laboring under and how they need to just kind of mm-hmm. push those off to the side? That's a really good question. Um, maybe more indirectly. Sure. Because, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever... Maybe I just haven't met anyone who's, like, as hard on themselves <laughs> as I am. But, yeah, generally when I've been you know, talking to friends who are going through things, Mm-hmm. I haven't really framed it as like an expectation thing and I'm having like a, a a real moment here of like oh that seems so obvious oh like, no way why did, never... <laughs> why did I why did I not think of that before I'm really having like a oh oh good yeah you're, you're having a bottomless <laughs> coffee aha moment <laughs> absolutely but no I think that's definitely something to think about moving forward like if you have a friend who's going through something, yeah, f- yeah, frame it as like, a, is this a an expectation thing that is being put on them or they're putting on themselves? And yeah. how can you like navigate it that way? That's such, oh, yes, love. Just, love. just to be clear, even though I asked you that question, I have also never asked a friend, <laughs> a friend something similar. <laughs> so you are sharing a moment with me. <laughs> probably something that has come up indirectly where yeah. I it wasn't where I was at mentally in terms of how I was thinking about it but it just kind of related naturally I guess 
Yeah. Huh. Huh. I'm going to be thinking about that a lot this morning. Good. Well, let's let that one percolate. Yeah. That's good. That's Great good. word. That could be your takeaway. G-R-E. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know what? I want to make sure that we, we devote a good amount of time talking about the positive. Yes. Uh, you know, as a reminder, we do want people to leave feeling inspired and empowered. And I think there there's so much that people can already take away um, mm-hmm. from this episode because you've been an amazing guest. Thank oh, you, wow. Simon. Thank you. At the realist <laughs> Simon on Instagram. Um, but what are some positive societal expectations? Because I know sure. it can be, like you mentioned, it can be easy to go negative. Um, yeah, you mentioned that yeah. earlier, but... Um, I don't, and I don't know why it's so much more difficult to go positive. Um, you have to be really intentional about it. You do. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I do think there are pretty obvious examples of this. Mm-hmm. Um, just I think there are societal expectations that exist so that we function as mm-hmm. a society. Um, you're kind of expected to go to school as Mm -hmm. someone growing up you're expected to get an education for the most part um from there you're generally expected to provide for yourself or your family or whatever your your structure is so that involves you know going to work Mm -hmm. and producing something that adds to society which i mean you could argue that on an individual basis depending on what you're doing over and over i mean you could argue i work in financial services so like what am i really doing besides making rich people more rich i mean we (laughs) could get into that but you're skewing negative you're skewing negative negative. (laughs) um and i do think um like the the best example of this would be like the golden rule you learn as a child like yeah you know, treat others as you would want to be treated. I think that's that's uh, probably the most important one I can think of. I think um, I get a lot of positive societal expectations from younger people uh, yes. lately. Uh, I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm supposed to be the cool, like older person, but you really deserve the attention and to have your voices amplified. Um, so like environmentalism, for instance, I did not recognize as being, uh, a, an expectation when I was younger, that is more of an expectation now. Like, I love that. yeah, like you are expected to stop messing up the planet earth that we all live on. <laughs> that makes me feel good. That, right? Like, me too. I really, I really hope that that is a thing young people because you know old people those people who are almost off this planet they're not going to change they're jaded they've been through the ringer and like kids like young kids haven't haven't had life hit them that way where Mm -hmm. like they're so idealistic and i love that so much like anything truly is possible and i almost wonder if maybe they didn't or, or maybe we did at some point, labor under the expectation of consumerism um, in a way that was rejected by uh, some younger people. And now um, that rejection is having really positive benefits for the planet. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. You mentioned anti-racism um, before. Mm-hmm. 
And that's it, really t- topical. Like the episode right after yours is going to be dedicated exclusively to that subject. And um, I, it's one of those things where even as a black man, I was like, yeah, racial equity, just don't be racist. And now the kids are like, okay, that's great, but. <laughs> like, actually, have you tried <laughs> Like, if you see racism, shut it down. <laughs> and I'm like, what a positive expectation. Um, and I think it's like, like, like you said, oh, that makes me feel so good to have that expectation as opposed to the ones that we were talking about earlier Uh that send you to a dark place. Um, Yeah. So I loved it. (laughs) That's so good. Like I'm not a kid person at all. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know how I talk to kids. I don't understand them, but I am so envious. (laughs) I'm envious of two things. I'm envious of like how, kids from like ages one to three are linguistic sponges and can learn eight languages and not mm-hmm. blink an eye whatever come on polyglots yeah <laughs> and the other is just that like that the idealism like i am so envious that they can access that so easily yeah i love that about kids it's so cool same mm. same i hope uh i don't so my demographics, my analytics don't break it down by age, but I hope that some of the, some younger people are listening and that they uh, feel inspired to keep doing what they're doing because it's really wonderful work. Agreed. We need you. We need you. <laughs> help us help you. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. Well, yay, Simon, this has been really wonderful. I'm glad that we are ending on a positive note. Um if someone is listening and they want to support you or an organization or something that you support, what would you suggest that they do? Um, you know, I don't have any like particular organizations in mind, but I did want to share a quote that okay. I, I remember reading this quote in a gym that I used to go to. Okay. And it really has resonated with me. I'll never forget this quote. Um, it's from George Eliot and the quote is what do we live for if not to make life less difficult for each other I get really emotional when I read that quote I just I think if everyone operated in that mindset we'd live in a much better place and I like the fact that George Eliot is actually a woman Um, oh yeah so so they're a novelist from the mid 1800s who went under the the pseudonym George Eliot so very cool thank you simon read that one more time yes okay so uh what do we live for if not to make life less difficult for each other amen (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much simon really appreciate you coming on thank you so much for having me i had a really great time and i really appreciate what you do with the podcast oh thanks bye everybody Thank you for joining the conversation today. If you would like exclusive access to live streams of these conversations and to a community of people to converse with on topics like the ones that we discussed today, then join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash bottomlesscoffee. Our website is bottomlesscoffeepodcast.com. Bottomless Coffee Podcast is produced by me, Jerome Evans, on social media everywhere as at Jerome T. Evans. 
Our Patreon producers are listed in the episode description. You can connect with the podcast on Instagram at, at Bottomless Coffee Podcast. Our music is by Noir et Blanc V and God Mode. Thanks all, and I'll see you next time.